0: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. It is Friday, October 12th, which means it's homecoming weekend for Penn State's Nittany Lions hosting Michigan State on Saturday at Beaver Stadium. Penn State trying to bounce back uh, after a bye week and after a tough loss to Ohio State a few weeks ago. Uh, Nittany Lions are pretty heavily favored in this game uh, because Michigan State comes in at 3-2 out of the top 25. It's it's funny, this, this looked like it could be a top 15, top 10 matchup even. You could believe a month ago that both of these teams would come in undefeated. Maybe even more so that Michigan State would be. Uh, because their schedule was a little easier, but the Spartans have slipped up twice. Uh, all the expectations are are pretty much gone from this team. Michigan State went from thinking about maybe winning a national title to now likely staring at a 7-5, and five, maybe an 8-4 and four season in the face. We're going to get into that on today's show. Uh, we're going to spend most of the show talking with Will Hunter. He is the host of Locked On Spartans here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Will has uh, some good insight on, on why Michigan State has struggled and and what's exactly gone wrong for them and some of the things that have gone right for them too. That Michigan State defense is still pretty good, uh, so we'll get into that on today's show. And uh, also at the end of today's show, I'll have my Penn State rooting guide for this week. Uh, this is this is uh, it worked last week <laughs> a little bit. Penn State had a lot of teams fall that they needed to lose uh, to kind of clear that path for them to maybe still make it into the college football playoff. So I'll outline some other games. Of course, uh, it's a little different this week with Penn State playing, but there are still a handful of other games that can certainly help Penn State's odds of making it into the college football playoff. So I'll outline that at the end of today's show. Uh, But as I mentioned, we are going to start today by talking Michigan State with Will Hunter of Locked on Spartans. So here's my interview with Will. All right, I'm happy to welcome in the host of Locked On Spartans here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is Will Hunter. Will, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going? Um, I'm good. Team's not good. Um, but I'm I'm happy to be here either way. Good to talk to you. Well, we appreciate you joining us here. Basically, that is that's my first question and I don't know if you if you want to talk about it for a long time, it could be my only question. <laughs> but there is there is there was so much hype and expectations for this for his Michigan State team coming into this year and for good reason they returned virtually everyone from a very good 10 win team last year obviously is, is not going to plan they are three and two lost to Northwestern at home last week basically what's gone wrong with Michigan State so far in 2018
1: uh it'd be easier to tell you what hasn't gone wrong <laughs> uh yeah no I could go for 15 minutes on this but I'll try to keep it tight um It starts with the offensive line. Uh, We lost uh, a pro uh, last year in Brian Allen,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, the only pro on the line, and what was left behind is a lot of guys who have played on the offensive line, uh, some who were spot starters, some who were more consistent guys, and guys who've really had injuries in the past sort of derail uh, consistent playing time, and that injury bug has sort of Uh, creeped its way back into the team this year. Uh, They've started five different combinations of offensive linemen in five games. So it starts there. Uh, When you start with a unit that is just okay talent-wise, and then you start pulling players out, it's going to get worse. And it has. With that, uh, Michigan State lives to run the football on offense. Uh, LJ Scott hasn't played in three weeks. He's been a game-time decision each time, but it just isn't at a point. uh, Coach D'Antonio said he's just not at a point where he's been able to suit up. So they've relied on, uh, Connor Hayward, who's a converted uh, who's converted into a running back this year. Ladarius Jefferson, who's a true freshman. And Weston Bridges, another freshman. So there's a lot of youth and experience in the backfield. Combined with the offensive line struggles, it's just the running game hasn't been there at all. Now we shift a little bit over in the backfield to Brian Lewerke, who has, in the eyes of a lot of people, regressed this year. Uh, Penn State fans, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, frog in my throat. I get <laughs> emotional talking about Brian Lewerke. <laughs> uh Penn State fans will remember uh, he kind of <coughs> – sorry, can you edit that out? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I promise you I'll cut <laughs> Oh, that was <laughs> terrible. Ugh, it just got stuck. All right. And then we'll shift over in, in the backfield a little bit to Brian Lewerke. Uh Penn State fans will remember he kind of torched them last year. He threw for 400 yards, and it was really uh, sort of his coming out party. It was the first time he had really – put all his talent into one game and it sort of came together and he looked really good and he looked like a potential first round pick. And since then he's had a couple good games, uh, but this year just hasn't been able to get it going at all. He's been inaccurate at times. uh, He's made poor decisions at times uh, and he's has just flatly, hasn't had enough time in the pocket. And that's led to him pressing, uh, led to him making more ill-advised throws than you would like. Uh, more ill-advised decisions, trying to make something out of nothing that's led to more fumbles and interceptions. He currently leads the Big Ten in turnovers. Then we jump up into the booth and we talk about the offensive coordinator, Dave Warner, who is getting a lot of criticism this year for calling uh, his favorite thing to do is run jet sweeps inside the red zone and run speed mm-hmm. options to the short side of the field in the red zone. Uh and so there's just been a lot of really questionable play calls. And for all those reasons, it's really it's a combination of all those reasons and a willingness to uh, not attack deep uh, and really force the issue in terms of establishing the run. The offense just cannot get out of its way this year. And there's been penalties, untimely penalties to go with it. Uh, Cody White, who is their second-best receiver, uh, broke his hand. Uh, Daryl Stewart, their third-best receiver. Jalen Naylor, who is a crazy, fast, true freshman took a end around 80 yards against Indiana to end the game for a touchdown. He got hurt immediately after that. So their wide receiver core, which was absolutely loaded going into the season, probably the best in, in the conference, is now just down to Felton Davis and a hampered Daryl Stewart and, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh string guys after a couple transfers in the in the offseason. So it's been Murphy's Law on offense. Everything that that can go wrong has gone <laughs> gone wrong. Uh some bad luck, some Poor play calling, bad decision making, just all of it, and it's all sort of unfortunately reared its head in in a couple of games that were close that they should have won, but just couldn't find ways to get out of their way uh, against Arizona State, and Northwestern, that resulted in two losses that they were they're better than both those teams. Uh, they should be five and zero, but they have not played up to to their standard uh, at any time this season, save for maybe the second half against Indiana.
0: Yeah, I'm, I noticed you didn't really mention the defense. I, I, I kind of want to get back nope. into the overall struggles in a second, but the defense, it was Penn State has not gotten held under 30 points very much in the last two and a half seasons, but it did happen last year in East Lansing. Nate Lions only put 24 points up on, on the board. It was, it was a frustrating afternoon, turned into evening out there for Penn State. Uh, but the defense has, has been... I don't know if it's exactly what people thought it was going in, but it, it, it doesn't sound like it's the reason that Michigan State's been bad this year. No,
1: the the main thing that's gone wrong is the back end. Uh, the secondary has struggled at times. Josiah Scott, who was a freshman All-American last year uh, and one of Pro Football Focus's top-graded freshman in the country, regardless of position, went out with an injury in camp. He hasn't played yet this season. He will not be back for this game. He might be back for Michigan. He may not be back until November and they're maybe talking about redshirting them with the new four games redshirt rule and so that was a big loss and we knew it'd be a big loss but there was depth back there but guys like Justin Lane uh, just haven't played as well uh, uh, so far this season. Uh, Kari Willis has been good at safety Uh, the Dowell brothers have been good uh, in the back end as well but they've given up too many I would say too many big plays, but backbreaking big plays. They do well at limiting 20, 25 yard, 30 yard completions, but against Northwestern, they had a coverage bust for a long touchdown, and then they gave up another 40 yard passing touchdown on a fade. And when that happens and your offense uh, really can't support you, it, it can make the difference. They've been okay. Um, they give up too much in terms of the underneath, but that's always going to happen with Michigan State. Uh, but uh, a back end that's. Ex- was expected to be really good. Uh, it's just been okay. The front seven is fantastic. They are number one in marginal efficiency rushing. They are number one in stuff rate. They are number one in offensive uh, offensive line yards. So they they uh, opposing offensive lines get the least amount of push in the country against Michigan State's front seven, uh, and that's been the absolute backbone of this team. They're, it's the reason why they've been uh, as successful as they have, despite you know, uh, an offense that, like I've said a hundred times, cannot seem to get out of its own way, cannot seem to take advantage take advantage of its talent. So it's a good defense. It's not a great defense. If the back end shores up a little bit, they could be a great defense. Uh, and we've seen that plenty of times at Michigan State, great defenses, buoying offenses that are uh, a little stuck in the mud.
0: Yeah, and and a great defense can keep you in a lot of games. It can help you maybe turn this thing around. It might be easier than fixing... Uh, Fixing a defense that just has tons of holes in it. With that said, is there is there much optimism that they can turn this around? Because as funny as it seems, Michigan State's path to a Big Ten championship is much more clear than Penn State's because they still play Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State coming up the next couple weeks. Is there optimism that they can turn around and at least compete or win some of those games? Uh, in that locker room, yes.
1: Uh, uh, there's been a lot of players to, to come out and say, and, and D'Antonio said today they feel like they should be 5-0, and and they're acting like they're still 5-0. and uh, If you ask anybody outside of the locker room, you're not going to find uh, near, uh, any optimism for a Big Ten title. Um, <clears throat> we have a lot of jokes going on Twitter right now, Music City Bowl, here we come, Pinstripe Bowl, you know, at least the tickets are cheap, to, it's easier to get to New York, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so there's not a ton of optimism in the fan base, or anyone covering the team right now. I would say I'm on the more optimistic end because uh, I can see there's talent. Uh, they're they're doing things to attempt to sort of counteract the losses on the offensive line, trying to use uh, their playmakers, get the ball to them in space. But it's just tough when you keep you know you lose three of your top four receivers, your top running back. Uh, eventually, you you run out of playmakers to get into space. Um, uh, so I would say, you know, uh, inside the locker room, I, I think if you gave them truth serum, they're probably thinking we can compete with Penn state. We can compete with Michigan. We can compete with Ohio state, but we're probably not going to win them all. Uh, and that's a, you know, <laughs> yes, they're, they whole, whatever they're, they they control their own destiny, even though that is, uh, that's not how destiny works. <laughs> um, but yeah, they can win out and reach the Big Ten title game, uh, but if you asked anyone in the fan base, they're going to tell you no. I'm going to tell you no. Most people are going to tell you no, that that's not an option. We're kind of hoping they the, the the goal now is play better and look competent, beat Michigan, beat Penn State, hopefully maybe beat Ohio State, uh, and, and end up with like eight or nine wins and have something to build on for next year. Because they do, even though they brought back a ton of people this year and it hasn't gone well. They're again bringing almost everybody back next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what is with because it wasn't it hasn't just been this year. It's been frustrating and kind of a letdown for for Michigan State and its fan base. It was this happened in 2016 where maybe the expectations weren't quite as high uh, because they did lose a lot of guys going into that year. But how frustrating has it been for the Spartans fan base to to kind of go through two pretty big disappointing seasons? I mean, and this was only halfway over, but uh, in such a tw- short time span. It's
1: crazy because this is how. It's not just football; it's basketball too. This is how it works with Michigan State Big Time Athletics. When you expect the most out of them, they let you down. When your expectations are lowered, you make the Final Four. You make the Rose Bowl. You make the College Football Playoff. Um, it's just—it's all your fault. And, is, yeah, yeah, and basically, stuff. if you go on Twitter when the AP poll is released and just find Michigan State people. Every single one of them, no matter if we're like we were 12 or something like that, everyone's just screaming and it's it's like a running joke that way too high. We need more disrespect. We need a chip <laughs> on our shoulder. And in a lot of ways, that plays itself out for whatever reason. Uh, Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio has done amazing things, has climbed into uh, a spot of relevance that you really could not have predicted when he was hired. You know, you make the college football play. If you win the Rose Bowl, you win a Cotton Bowl against Baylor. Uh, all that stuff brings new expectations. And whenever those expectations are high at the beginning of the season for football, they just don't seem to to come through in the way that they, they would otherwise. Um, 2012 is another example. They were ranked like 14th to start, uh, and they went 6-6 six and six that year. Yeah. Uh, with, <laughs> it's funny, the number two defense in the country according to S P plus, and they went 6-6, six and six. so for whatever reason it is, they just don't handle high expectations as well as they do, they prefer to have their back against the wall uh, being, they prefer to be overlooked they prefer to be they prefer to be, and D'Antonio says this all the time, they prefer to hunt instead of being the hunted, they want to be the hunter and it's it just it's very frustrating, but it it's almost like an expectation at this this point if you're getting, uh, it's almost your own fault if you see like a high preseason ranking for Michigan State and you're like, yeah, they'll follow through on that. Like you're just kind of setting yourself up for a letdown. Yeah,
0: Yeah. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about locked on sponsor Vivid Seats. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You could sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers. New customers of Vivid Seats can get $20 off $200 or more by using the promo code On. So go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and then use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer with Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater or more, Vivid Seats has it all. So download the app, enter the promo code locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. We are with Will Hunter of Locked On Spartans. Uh, will, before I let you go, I have a quick, uh, a few quick over-unders for you uh, for Saturday's game, and I guess actually for for beyond, for Michigan State. Um, the first one is for for Brian Lewerke. He had 400 right on the nose passing yards last year against Penn State. He's averaging about 265 this year. So over or under, will he hit that mark of 265 over or under on that mark for Saturday at Beaver Stadium?
1: I think over. Uh, game script is going to play a role in that. I think he's going to throw a little bit more than they would like him to uh, because Michigan State will get behind at times. Uh, and I think you see some signs of life in the passing game, and it seems like he'll be getting a couple guys back this week. He gets his left tackle back, and the left tackle now slides to left guard, his natural position. So a little bit more healthy on the offensive line this week, a little bit more healthy at the receiver. Uh, So I think it'll be a a solid passing day. I think Lewerke will have a good game, and he has that sort of good vibe with Penn State. You know, he knows Mm -hmm. he played really well against them before. He knows he can beat them. Uh, So I think, yeah, over 265.
0: Okay. Uh, And we talked about Michigan State's defense being good. They're only uh, giving up 23.4 points per game. Penn State comes in with the best offense in the Big Ten. So over under uh, on 35, I'll make it 35.5 points for Penn State on Saturday.
1: Uh, under probably like I'm 31, somewhere in there. They'll still have a good output. Uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding on the ground for Penn State just because it has been for everyone else that, that Michigan State has gone up against. Uh, they hold teams well under their averages on the ground, but I think Trace McSorley is good enough and they have an, plenty of skilled talent that they'll find some plays out there. And you could see, uh, you know, a couple of short fields given he has uh, been prone to turnovers this, mm-hmm. this year. So I think that'll help too. So somewhere in like the 31 range, 30, you know, 28 to 34. So just under a little bit.
0: Okay. All right. And last one here, again, goes back to what we we're talking about before. Uh, Michigan State's regular season win total. Are you over or under seven and a half? Ooh, under. Mm. So yes. you, think, you think they're going to lose... To Penn State, lose. Ohio State, and Michigan. Yeah,
1: I think they probably lose the Big Three, and if they pull one of those out, they will lose at Maryland. Like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of that's where the season's at. So yeah, like seven and five uh, in the Pinstripe Bowl. Here we come.
0: Hey, I, I went to the Pinstripe Bowl a couple years ago, and Penn State was there. It is a it's a nice setting. Like, I wouldn't want to go back. And it would be disappointing <laughs> to go back, but Yankee Stadium, you knowing you get to go to New York, it's it's not that bad if if that's where your season does lead you.
1: Yeah, well, when you're thinking Big Ten title in August, and by yeah. mid October, you're uh, you know at the Pinstripe Bowl, things have things have gone off the rails.
0: Yeah, not, not quite what you expected. All right, Will Hunter from Locked On Spartans. If any uh, anyone who is looking for more of a Michigan State preview any Penn State fans uh, who wants to know more about the Spartans should definitely check out uh, all the episodes of his podcast leading up to this game this week. Will, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, welcome back to Locked On, Nittany Lions. Uh, I'm going to close out today's show uh, again on Friday here with the Penn State Rooting Guide for this weekend. You know, it it worked out last week, a lot of the things that happened in Penn State's favor, so I figure maybe there's some good karma, some uh, little superstition in doing this again and and hoping for the best. So these are the games that Penn State's uh, fans should be rooting for to help the Nittany Lions move up in the standings and, and ultimately clear a path to the playoff. Obviously, you're rooting for Penn State to win, rooting for Ohio State to lose. In addition to that, one of the teams you're going to have to root for this weekend is Pitt. I know that's weird. I know it's weird, but Pitt's playing at Notre Dame. Pretty unlikely that Pat Narduzzi and the gang will pull off an upset. ESPN's FPI is giving Pitt about a 4% chance to win. Notre Dame's a 21-point favorite. But hey, Pitt has pulled off upsets in the past. They uh, They beat Miami last year when they were undefeated. It's on the road at Notre Dame too, which is going to make this even tougher. But hey, Penn State somewhere needs Notre Dame to lose a game. Why not get a little help from Pitt? Because like it would also be you know kind of funny because even if Pitt wins this game and they celebrate, they they still you know they're I don't know what they can brag about. They want to brag to Penn State fans. They still got pummeled by Penn State this year and then ended up helping them out a few weeks later. So you can root for Pitt just for one Saturday. Uh, that game's at 2.30, and the 3.30 slot is another where Penn State is playing. There's a couple other games to keep an eye on uh, as scores flash across the screen, maybe, maybe change the channel during commercial breaks if you're at home. Uh, LSU is hosting Georgia Bulldogs, uh, number two in the nation. They are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, but uh, ESPN is giving uh, LSU about 26% chance to win this game down there in Baton Rouge. Even if LSU, if LSU wins they might they probably would jump back ahead of Penn State in this in the uh, in the standings but you kind of want everyone in, in the SEC to have a loss uh, maybe Alabama won't get one ever but it will be good for you, you don't want like Georgia to you don't want the chance of L, or of, uh, SEC sending two teams again and taking another another spot there. So you kind of want everyone in front of Penn State to lose. Uh, Georgia is a very good team uh, but they are unbeaten as of now. It would just be good, even if Georgia stays ahead of Penn State in the standings, to get teams up there to also have one loss. Speaking of one loss teams, Washington playing at Oregon at 330. Uh, Oregon has a 35% chance to win this one. They're up in Eugene. Washington's a three-point favorite. It's the second time Oregon has hosted a top 10 team this, this season. Oregon number seven. Um or Washington's number seven, excuse me, Oregon blew his chance against get Stanford a few weeks ago. So maybe the ducks can capitalize here. That'd be great news for Penn state because Washington does have one loss already came to Auburn in the opening game of the season. Uh, but the Huskies still control their own destiny out there, uh, in the pack pack 12. So if, uh, if if Washington can can lose this game slip up a little bit Penn State should jump ahead of them in the polls because unfortunately the uh, 27 Fiesta Bowl doesn't count. We move on to some night games here. Iowa State is hosting West Virginia. Mountaineers are unbeaten. They're a six and a half point favorite, but ESPN's FPI giving the Cyclones a 37 percent chance to win. This would help Penn State uh, move up, and you know maybe Will Greer is a bad game that knocks him down. So think about Tracy's really getting that Heisman invite maybe root for a couple Will Greer interceptions or something like that so it would be good really good for Penn State for if somehow the the Pac-12 and the Big 12 can have some two lost champions and uh, right now West Virginia has no losses so that would be helpful to Penn State and then finally uh the biggest game of the for the Big 10 on Saturday and uh maybe the biggest game in college football it is where college game day is going to be is in Ann Arbor, Michigan, an eight-point favorite, hosting Wisconsin. Penn State's best chance to to make the college football playoff is still by getting this weird three-way tie in the Big Ten, assuming Ohio State doesn't lose twice. So they would need Michigan to win every game and beat Ohio State and only lose to them. Uh, So you got to root for the Wolverines on Saturday night. Uh, Michigan's been pretty good since losing to Notre Dame to start the season, so... And ESPN is giving them a seventy four percent chance to win, so they could they could certainly pull it out. Root for Harbaugh, root for Pitt. Go Cyclones, go go Ducks. It's gonna be a could be an interesting weekend. Obviously, Penn State has to take care of business at home. Penn State, according to five thirty eight, has a ten percent chance to make the playoff heading into this weekend. If, uh, if Penn State wins and maybe two or three of those five games I mentioned happen, that's probably bumped up to like maybe maybe fifteen percent. So. The path could still be there. Hopefully it opens, it gets a little bit wider this weekend. That is your updated Penn State rooting guide. We'll keep doing this uh, as long as Penn State still has one loss, it still has a chance. We'll keep doing this uh, every week here on the show. All right, well, that will do it for today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, if you've missed any of our shows in the past, other than today's uh, sort of Penn State Michigan State preview, we had some James Franklin chatter early in the week on Wednesday, uh, which which I really enjoyed. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that show, we also had John McGonigal from the Center Daily Times join us on Tuesday. Steve Petrella from the Action Network was talking about the betting line and some other things here on on Thursday. So go back and get those shows uh, if you're maybe you're making the trip up to State College as you're listening to this. That'll, that'll help you kill some more time as. Maybe traffic's uh, jamming up there on 322 right outside of State College. You, you could definitely listen to another episode, maybe two in the time it will get you to, to get to downtown uh, there in Happy Valley. So thank you, as always, for listening. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're now on Spotify. Uh, you can pretty much find Locked On Knitting Lines anywhere you get your podcast. We really appreciate all the scri- subscribers. And people who leave ratings and reviews, that is greatly, greatly appreciated. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the homecoming game. I will talk to you again next week.